Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of No Wrestling. It's me here, your boy, Mark Sylvester, and I hope to finding long-time fans and showing non-fans why wrestling is so good. And you know what today, guys? It's been the last day of the month. You know what that means. Wrestling of the month. And now what Wrestling of the Month is, is where I do a quick summary slash review of a particular thing in the world of wrestling. Where this could be something that could be a book, or a manga, or a comic book, or a figurine, or a game, or a movie, or a TV show, pay-per-view, match, wrestler. It can be anything in the world of pro wrestling as long as it has a connection to pro wrestling in general. And so then guys, for today's Wrestling of the Month... I'm going to be looking at the book that I finished very, very quickly, the book that I thoroughly enjoyed, the book that I got for my birthday, the second book that I need to buy the first book now to see how it compares to this amazing book and hopefully writes more in the future. And yes, that is my life in the WWE and beyond, Under the Black Hat, the Jim Ross, the Voice of Wrestling book. Slid on the bottom rope for one more salute to the audience. The roar of the crowd was deafening. I wanted the people at home to feel what we were feeling. There's 20,276 fans here, and by God, they love him, I said. Steve called for one more beer as the chairman limped slowly around ringside. I said, Mr. McMahon is barely able to stand, and the rattlesnake is toasting the referee. He's toasting the fans. He's toasting everybody who works for a living. My longtime broadcast partner, the legendary Jerry the King Lawler, always a master of timing, chimed in. You can't drink on your job, you idiot. The job is done, I replied, referring to Austin winning the title. Has Mr. McMahon ever had a sadder day, a worse day, King? No, he hasn't, my exasperated partner said. This is awful. Long live the rattlesnake, I shouted. Long live Stone Cold Steve Austin. The production truck cut to Vince standing at the end of the ramp, looking both angry and heartbroken that a working-class redneck was his world champion. In reality, of course, the boss couldn't have been more elated. His pick to draw WWE forward on a global scale was absolutely on fire with huge mainstream interest, pay-per-view numbers, merchandise sales, and about any other metric that could be used to measure success in our business. But back on TV, it was Lawler's job to cement Mr. McMahon's pain and anguish, while it was my job to drive home to the viewing public that Austin was a blue-collar badass disrupting the corporate world. Austin versus McMahon had all the ingredients for a once-in-a-lifetime feud. Worker against boss. Redneck against blue blood. And they weren't done yet. Steve rolled out of the ring where Mr. McMahon was waiting to berate him. Boom! Austin shut him up with a stiff right hand. The crowd went crazy. Then Stone Cold threw his boss into the ring where everyone could get a nice, clear look at what was coming. A kick in the stomach. Vince doubled over, and the rattlesnake ended it with his finishing move, the Stone Cold Stunner. Stunner, I said, with all the passion I could muster. 
Stone Cold just dropped the owner. Steve looked down at ringside and called for another beer. Luckily, our timekeeper, Mark Ayton, had perfected throwing long passes of Steve Weiser's from almost any angle. The rattlesnake caught the incoming refreshment, cracked it open, and poured it all over the unconscious chairman. Oh, God, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you could all be here, I said. What emotion, what electricity, and it was amazing. And just like that, it was done. And then came the adrenaline dump. The noise was gone. The arena had mostly emptied, and the electricity coursing through my veins had dissipated. I'd stayed behind a little longer than everyone else. The crew was stripping down the set and ring like hungry ants on a prone body. I looked up the ramp toward the curtain. Any curtain in the entertainment business is, by definition, a portal between two worlds. When you're on the public side of it, nothing exists except the story you're telling your audience. On the other side is real life. In my business, the other side is where larger-than-life WWE superstars become everyday people with everyday problems. They hobble in pain, dance with joy, break down in tears, or celebrate depending on how their night went. As I walked from the commentary table back toward the curtain in Philadelphia's first union center, I had no idea if joy or pain was waiting for me back there either. I didn't even know if I still had a job. I had returned to commentate on just one match. After several months away, recovering from a second bout of Bell's palsy. Before Bell's, I was the voice people heard when they tuned in to the wrestling juggernaut known as WWE. After Bell's, I was confined. Now this book I found to be very, very interesting. I quite like the fact that you kind of see everything from Jim Ross's perspective. And it's one of those interesting stories that even though he can be quite biased in actually his kind of like feelings and what happened and how pissed off he was in certain aspects and how actually he liked being in other aspects as well to this book that actually it was more in a neutral thing and he was looking at it in a more business standpoint where even though there was a few things that you could see were very much in a personal light like the um obviously the really sad bit about his wife passing away but also as we're looking into the more wrestling side where he was talking about the um Hill turn of Steve Austin wrestling is 17 that he was even thinking and even saying to Steve like what are you doing this is a really stupid idea you're gonna be wasting and losing so much money and all this kind of stuff and he and he was like saying what Steve was saying and how everything that was written you can kind of see it in a um realistic sort of like actually this might have what happened sort of stance and I really like this book because it was one of those books that when I was reading it I was just reading it and getting really intrigued and hearing all the different stories about when he was the um, VP of Talent Relations that Jim Ross was able to sign all these different wrestlers and how he was able to bring back people like Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, for example, how he was able to work with The Rock and all these different people. And it's really interesting to see just how he was able to go on to become such a great talent relations man that he was able to bring forth and bring up these amazing wrestlers who went on to become 
bona fide superstars and it's really interesting to see as well from his perspective like even though you hear and you see more of backstage of how wrestling is and what wrestling does to kind of like to think of the storylines and to think of the different stories and how it all works of like through the wrestling observer newsletter and all that kind of stuff you kind of see how it like and it's quite nice as well to see someone who is actually involved in it very very like in that small bubble talk about it and you can just see how um he would be having it discussions and stuff with Vincent Mann and they're playing off ideas of each other then you can see Vincent Mann saying like JR I want you to do something for me are you going to be right at that and JR's like yeah of course it will Vince whatever's for the business I'll happily do it and then he's like talking about how even though all his family and friends and stuff are like hating what's happening to him he's like actually this is this is what I want to do and this is like um I'm actually feeling like I'm part of the club now and and this is like and that kind of thing and he was also discussing how he felt about losing his job as the head of talent relations even though he enjoyed it and was doing really well and Vince wanted him to do something else and when he went into the hall of fame and how he got fired and then uh all that and then when he came back and then when he did stuff in new japan and now with AEW, it's really interesting to kind of like see his perspective of how everything all works in the world of professional wrestling and seeing what he thinks is good about pro wrestling and seeing how and it's quite interesting to see as well when it comes to the whole thing of JR coming people down and, and that kind of stuff to what happened in 2002 when Austin left and it was quite interesting to kind of see like how he felt and how looking back in the book he even wrote it's like I feel ashamed for doing that but at the time I was pissed off I was angry that my best friend left. Even though he can see why he did it, it was kind of like, but you could have spoken to us. Like, we could have done something. Because you can see in the book as well, um, you can kind of see him talking about when he spoke to Steve Austin about how he was feeling even a couple months before wrestling Scott Hall and how he was pissed off that he was losing to him where the ending got turned. But also at the same time, he was annoyed that he was only in the mid card and wrestling someone who was known for being quite drunk at the time. Where, where thankfully and well done as well on Scott Hall and DDP's part to the fact that Scott Hall is now sober and is now doing really well for himself. I'm really happy for him. You know, it's it's good to see Scott Hall and Jake Roberts, especially as well now being in AEW, doing really well for themselves. And DDP, you're a great man, and uh, nice to see you helping these people who needed your help. But, you know, but looking at that, it's just, it's just a really interesting book. You know, if you like wrestling in general or if you are a fan of Jim Ross, I'd highly recommend the book. It's great. It's also one of those books that because of how good it is, I want to go back and read his first book because I never read it. I just wanted to read this one because uh, this one is more of the fan that I am, where the first book is more looking at more like WCW, Jim Crockett promotions and that kind of stuff. And for me, I'm more into this kind of stuff, looking at late 90s, early 2000s, WWF, WWE, then going on to New Japan, AEW and stuff. And this is where my fandom of Jim Ross, for me, is more of what it is. And it's just a really good book that I would highly recommend to anyone. And it's one of those books that I would happily read his first one because of how good this one is. And so then, guys, overall, what I'll give this book out of five would definitely have to be five stars. I mean, this book is fantastic. The only thing that I think is a bit of a knock on it is that it's quite short. 
But I kind of also feel as well that that is something that is actually also pro to it. Like it's it's short, but it's very descriptive and you get to see a lot of, that's of what's happening. But with some of the stuff that happened and, we're, and what he's talking about, I wish that there was a slightly bit more detail just to kind of like see more of it because it's something that, you know, is really interesting. But by it being short in itself as well, that it's quite an easy book to read. It's not daunting where some books are like, fucking hell, that's 500 pages. Like, I'm not going to be able to read that. And with this book only being just under 300 pages, it's an easy read and it's a read that I'd recommend to anyone. It gives you the ins and the outs of Parresting itself. It kind of gives you the story of what happened to Jim Ross and how... He worked as the tenant relations man as well as like the commentator of Raw, how he felt when he was moved to SmackDown, how he felt when he got fired over the whole WWE 2K uh, or WWE 14 thing that happened, you know, and all the other stuff. And it's just an interesting thing to kind of see his perspective of pro wrestling. And also as well, another thing that I really like about this book is the fact that because he has left WWE, you know what he is saying there is everything that he wants to say himself, where when it comes to some people that are still with WWE, they can't really say what they want to say 100% because you can see, in a way, WWE are kind of like, no, you shouldn't be saying that, or no. It's more like this, and I like the way that Jim Ross does it because you can see that everything that he is saying is actually true to him and there's no, like, biasness towards anyone and there's no like changing history and that kind of stuff and it is just a very interesting book that i recommend to anyone that likes reading and gain a stronger connection to him and you can see why to me and many other people he is the greatest announcer of all time and that my friends was another edition of wrestling of the month let me know guys in the comments below what you think about this book and do you like the other book more is it one of those books that I should read and would I enjoy it more than the first one? Is it something that I was stupid to read the second one before I even read the first one? Is it one of those ones that I don't have to read the first one at all to get how good the second one is? And is there even as well like other wrestling books you would recommend? Like, you know, is there other books like I absolutely adored the Bret Hart book. I absolutely adored the... Um, mcfoley book and all these different books as well and also as well guys let me know what other wrestling books you might suggest to me to read and i'll happily go out and get them to read them too and either do a full review on them or another wrestling of the month review summary too and please don't forget guys to like follow and subscribe to no wrestling on all the different social medias podcasting networks and youtube too and that was no wrestling guys i've been amazing host as always your boy Mark Sylvester, and don't forget, guys, to take care and always remember. Good God Almighty! Good God Almighty! They killed him. That's God is my witness. He is broken in half.